G.K. Chesterton once said that tradition is so strong that future generations will dream of what they never saw. Chesterton is often counted among the modern prophets, not in a mystical visions from God or divine messenger's sense of being a prophet, but rather in being able to see what was happening in the culture and what would be the coming consequences of it. And he's right about tradition and our yearning for it, for he was living in those times of upheaval where the right-ordered traditions of the people were being cast aside by the rulers of his day, in favors of new practices that undermine society and the culture in every way imaginable. In our time, we have seen this as well, especially with Francis's motu proprio, that functionally bans the Latin mass when the instructions are followed through. On Friday of last week, I reported how that motu proprio had blown up in his face, how it had driven people to traditional liturgy to see what the fuss was about, and how many bishops were just ignoring him. On Monday, I reported how he intended to enforce the motu proprio, and today we have some late developing news that Francis may have yet another document issued with some very strong enforcement mechanisms attached to it to ensure that better bishops do not ignore him. How they intend to get past Canon 87 of the Code of Canon Law is anyone's guess, but today we have that story, as well as some unfortunate responses from the bishops on our responses to this, as well as some things that you can do. So let's be proactive for once, and let's get into this. Never count victory in these things until it's assured. The one mistake people make when looking at the state of the church is to count Pacapapa Francis as some kind of fool. He's definitely not dumb and should be taken very seriously, as his track record has shown. The Italian news source Mason Latino reports an internal document has made the rounds, starting in the Vatican and then down to the various traditional religious communities that informs them that they are being placed under new management. Quote, on 22nd of July, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith sent a short letter, dated the 22nd, when it has no registration number, which is curious, to traditional rite institutes and monasteries in which communicates, from the liturgical point of view, the management passes to the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments. From a managerial and administrative point of view, management passes to the Congregation for Institutes of Consecrated Life and Societies of Apostolic Life commonly known as the De Religiosi. It seems that in the days preceding the 22nd, it was also communicated to the officials ex Ecclesia Dei, for some years Section 4 of the CDF, that except for the office manager, they will be made available and will have to look for new jobs. End quote. In other words, existing lay employees of the Ecclesia Dei Institute, which had overseen the fraternity of St. Peter and similar organizations and had helped them thrive, were no longer to be employed by the Vatican that they were essentially being given their pink slips, and that these organizations in general were being formally informed that they are now under the auspices of the um, Congregation for Devo Doctrine of the Faith. Now, it's certainly ominous, but it's not much by itself, right? From the same post, though, we get this. For the clergy and the faithful, it is no longer known to whom they will be able to turn, if not to individual bishops. The rumor is also circulating that after the summer, an application document of Traditionis Custodis will be released by Divine Worship and Institutes of Consecrated Life, which will be even more restrictive, end quote. Even more restrictive than Traditionis and Custodis. Mesa and Latino was one of the first outlets to correctly report the then-rumor that the Latin Mass would be abrogated by Papa Francis, the ever-merciful, earlier this year. And now they are reporting that the Congregation for Religious will be issuing a document to enforce it that will be more restrictive than Traditionis Custodis was. Remember, 
This is the official Vatican office that oversees the FSSP, Institute of Christ the King, and similar priestly fraternities. Previously, it was used to smash many of the traditional religious orders like the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate, and now they themselves will be made to fall in line. In what way, we don't know yet, but Traditionis Custodis was extremely restrictive with the clear intent of ending the Latin Mass in short order by making it impossible for bishops to fill the vacancies and needs for those parish communities that had been saying the Mass and restricting them to a single parish in the diocese. Some say it wasn't intended to end the Latin Mass, but at this point, that's just being naive. Now, do you know what else was being naive? Celebrating some of the bishops who appear to be resisting Traditionis Custodis. Several bishops did really one of two things upon the document's release. Either they issued a statement saying that they intended to study the motu proprio itself, which is bureaucratic speak for essentially ignoring the order, or they invoked canon law to say that they were dispensing their dioceses from following the motu proprio at all. There were other variations of this response across the church in various places, but in general, that was what we saw. Many of these bishops have been celebrated, but one of them decided to chastise all of us who celebrated his support. From Catholic News Agency, we get this headline. Archbishop Cordelione grieved by disrespectful responses to Pope Francis's curb on traditional Latin Mass. Because, of course, he was. A couple of weeks ago, I and several others in our realm of commentary reported with some joy that Archbishop Cordelione was going to preserve the access to the traditional Mass in his diocese as is, and essentially what amounted to an act of defiance of Francis's attempt to restrict access to the Mass with the aim of ending it. Because if you read the document, it clearly gives very clear instructions to each bishop on what they're supposed to do, and he was one of the bishops not following it. Either Archbishop Cordelione didn't like bringing him up and thanking him publicly or something, because what he said doesn't make much sense here, all things considered. From the CNA piece, we get this, quote, The Catholic Archbishop of San Francisco said on Thursday that he is grieved by disrespectful responses to Pope Francis's restrictions on the traditional Latin Mass. In an August 5th statement, Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione underlined that the Pope introduced the new measures in the motu proprio Traditionis Custodis out of a concern for unity. Since Pope Francis issued Traditionis Custodis, I have been grieved by certain disrespectful responses. Some have even included slanderous attacks on the pontiff, the Archbishop said. I support Pope Francis and his concern that those who are drawn to more traditional forms of Catholic worship also affirm the validity of the Novus Ordo form of the Mass, and indeed of the Second Vatican Council itself. As a visible head of the Church, the Pope has an all-encompassing vision of Church life and can perceive things that we cannot from our more local perspective. In his statement, the 65-year-old Archbishop also explained the background to his decision to permit a monthly celebration of the traditional Latin Mass at the Cathedral in San Francisco. He stressed that he had approved the request before the publication of Traditionis Custodis. In response to a request from a group of the faithful in the Archdiocese of San Francisco in June, I agreed to allow a monthly first Wednesday celebration of the traditional Latin Mass in the Cathedral of St. Mary the Assumption, he said. End quote. Kind of sad, really. We should always be cautious when assessing whether a bishop is ready to stand against the errors of this pontificate or of the post-conciliar era in general, or if he is essentially being a company man. And in this case... Archbishop Cordelion may just be being a company man. His statement is clearly meant to send the signal that he is on board with team hypermodernism in Rome and will be a good and loyal servant of the Pacapapa in his work against the sacred traditions of the church. 
No pope may abrogate the liturgy that has a history of 1,500 years at least, going back as far as the liturgy of St. Gregory the Great and even earlier. But Francis, with his document, did just that, just not with immediate effect. His accompanying letter explicitly says the purpose is to push us to return in due time to the Novus Ordo and to prevent the building of new parishes to serve the Latin Mass. Again, for those who think he's not trying to end the Latin Mass, go read the accompanying letter. We've already seen strict interpretations of this letter that follow it well to the letter, with many bishops outright ending the Latin Mass in their dioceses and others sending their various Latin Mass communities to a single remote location far from most of their parishioners which sends the clear message that they are lesser Catholics and need to get with the program, or drive up to three hours for the Mass. And some people wonder why every SSPX parish in the Western world is bursting at the seams now. I'll remind you of this. In his recent letter to the faithful Archbishop Vigano said it is not an act of disobedience to disregard Francis's edict, that any pure priest has the right to offer the sacred liturgy of the Church. Quote, in continuing to celebrate the Mass of Pope St. Pius V, no priest performs an act of disobedience, but on the contrary, he exercises his right sanctioned by God, which not even the Pope can revoke. Whoever has the power to offer the holy sacrifice has the right to celebrate it in the ancient rite. End quote. That should be pretty straightforward for most of us, but remember, to even voice your displeasure at what Francis has illicitly done marks you as a disrespectful quasi-schismatic. In the eyes of many of these bishops who are too timid to assert the truths of the faith, to defend the deposit of the faith, obedience is the highest virtue. In the Novus Ordo world, obedience to the council and their predetermined interpretation of the council, the predetermined interpretations of the fathers of the council, Obedience to that, for many of them, is more important than adhering to the deposit of the faith, to the sacred laws of the church, the hard truths of the gospel. And, of course, obedience is more important than preservation of the faith itself. Just look at the raw data in the church these days. So instead of castigating Archbishop Cordelione, I'm going to suggest this instead. Pray that he will preserve the faith in his diocese and that he will say what is really going on. Offer a Hail Mary for him in your nightly prayers. And to close this out, one of the more influential priests in the Society of St. Pius X, their U.S. District Superior, issued a call for a novena to ask for divine assistance in dealing with Traditionis Custodis. I have the full text of that letter here, so you can participate in the novena if you wish. It's a short letter, so don't worry. As Catholics, we should be praying the rosary every day as it is, so really you'd be adding an additional prayer of consecration to the rosary, which isn't much to ask in my mind. Here is the letter of Father Fullerton of the SSPX. Quote, Dear friends and benefactors, When I wrote earlier this year, I encouraged you to set aside the month of June to make reparations to the Sacred Heart of Jesus for the sins that afflict our world. I was encouraged by the dedication you showed to this call, even when innumerable woes beleaguer both the Church and society. The Catholic faith revealed to us by our Lord Jesus Christ remains a beacon of hope. Our Blessed Mother is another beacon of hope, consolation, and joy, whose glorious assumption into heaven we celebrate on August 15th. While May is generally regarded as the month of Mary, August presents another opportunity to show special devotion to the Queen of Heaven. The traditional octave of the Assumption culminates on August 22nd with the Feast of the Immaculate Heart, a time when Catholics reflect on the immense love Our Lady holds for the entire human race. With this love in mind, I encourage you to look to Mary in August with renewed fervency. The recent promulgation of the Modu Proprio Traditionis Custodis by Pope Francis has sown confusion, anxiety, and division throughout the Catholic world. Although this document does not affect the Society of St. Pius X's apostolate, 
guided as it is by the heroic witness of its founder, Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre, it comes as a serious blow to the restoration of tradition in the Roman Catholic Church. Moreover, its contents are being leveraged by some unscrupulous souls to perpetuate the falsehood that the traditional Latin Mass, the Archbishop called the Great Prayer of the Church, can be abrogated at will. While Pope Benedict XVI's effort to make the traditional Mass freely available was imperfect, it marked an important step towards the turning the Church away from the modernist forces that have assaulted her for more than half a century. Accordingly, I am asking you to use the period from the Vigil of the Assumption, August 14th, to the Feast of the Immaculate Heart, August 22nd, and to join in prayer a special novena asking the Blessed Virgin Mary for the following intentions to protect the work of the Society of St. Pius X and the reflowering of Catholic tradition throughout the world, to grant consolation to all those wounded by the recent motu proprio, wherever they may be, to keep all her children safe in an increasingly chaotic and sinister world. The work of restoring all things in Christ will not be achieved by human means alone. Only by the grace of God and the intervention of the Mother of God will we succeed. To assist you in this novena, I am providing below the consecratory prayer the Society has used during its rosary works. You can join this novena by adding this prayer in the Litany of Laredo to your daily rosary. As always, please keep the Society of St. Pius X in your prayers. Pray that Our Lady continues to protect our apostolate. Rest assured, our priests and religious, I included, will continue to pray for you. In the Sacred Immaculate Hearts of Mary and Jesus, signed Father John Fulton, U.S. District Superior for the Society of St. Pius X, end quote. I'll have that prayer included in the show notes today over at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcaster channel with a .org at the end. You can find it there. Just look for the post with the name of this episode, and all my sources will be there, as will the full text of the prayer. Now, some people dislike being told that prayer is our most efficacious means of addressing these things. But remember, prayer is our most potent way to begin anything. We must be saints. We must be worthy of the great treasures of our faith. And we must be worthy of being gifted the great Pope of Restoration that Catholic prophecy does tell us is coming. But we aren't, at least not yet, for we continue to seek out worldly and material solutions to the woes of our time. So join in that novena if you can. It's simply praying the rosary with a few added intentions and one added prayer, with additional added prayers that are optional if you wish to include them. It's all really pretty simple. It begins August 14th, which is this coming Saturday. I'll try to have a reminder for that in the Saturday Papal Encyclical that I will have that day. Let me know what your thoughts are on all of this in the comments, please. Is the enforcement document that's coming something to worry about from Francis and company? What do you expect to see in it? Let me know and like and subscribe if you haven't. It actually does help. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.